as I've progressed through different companies and experiences, I've then embraced being in front of the camera. I've been embraced being on stage and talking to people at networking events. And for me, visibility is being seen in different areas. But interestingly, I wholeheartedly believe that it's being seen as authentically you. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast, episode number 54. And today is another collaborative podcast with a fellow podcaster. Today it's Tracy Cornelius and her podcast is Women Rocking Business. You may have heard the episode number 50, which I did a couple of weeks back with Nick Bradley of Scale Up Your Business podcast. Uh, Nick and I had a collaborative conversation as two fellow business strategists, investors, scale up experts around planning in your business in 2020. Likewise, Tracy, like Nick and I, uh, we all use the same podcasting agency. So this is a collaborative podcast with Tracy where I, we're, we're discussing the importance of visibility in your business about how being visible to build your personal brand as well as your business brand is important, how you can leverage social media, and more importantly, how you can leverage your time in order to be able to do and achieve that. Um, And I was prepared and open to be authentic and vulnerable because I share a story about how uh, I've been having some challenges around uh, the kind of visibility piece and about in terms of the content that I would share. Uh, And I share with you why, because of an experience when I was working inside two businesses, scaling and growing them, the other side of the fence and how I'd been turned off by business coaches and uh, speakers and mentors by the same old stuff that they were putting out there. So uh, this is um, this is an open, it's a candid uh, conversation around um, visibility and the importance of visibility and Tracy shares some of her uh, hacks and tactics about how she can create content quickly and repurpose that. So no matter how big your team and your business, the more visible you are as a leader of that team, you, you're building a brand. You know, in this day and age, it's important to have the brand of your product, the brand of your company, but also the brand of the person, you, the personality behind that business. So you'll find this an engaging conversation around visibility in your brand, uh, in your business. So straight across to my conversation with Tracy Cornelius of Women Rockin' Business. Tracy, hi. Great to hi. spend time with you here on the podcast. This is uh, the another in a series of collaborations with fellow podcasters. So uh, my name's uh, Gavin Preston from the Business Mastermind podcast. And Tracy, you are? Hi, my name is Tracy Cornelius. I am a business mentor and mindset coach and very happy to be here. Uh, so I'm super excited for this. We have cooked up or come up with a theme of a conversation today, which I think is going to be a very fruitful conversation. Do you want to s- uh, set that conversation off? Yes. Yeah, so we're talking about visibility today and how important it is to be able to grow and scale your business. But we come from very different angles on that. So, um, Gavin, why don't you give your interpretation of what you think visibility is and then I'll do the same thing. I think in a world of social media, it's a very, very powerful marketing tool or channels to market. Uh, Being visible across social media is incredibly important. 
um, so that you, from lead generation, people can discover you, to hear your voice, to understand what you stand for, what you stand against. Um, and it's also important for individuals to be able to get a flavor for what it is that you do and how you do it so they get an experience, they get a bit of a test drive. But what Tracy was alluding to there when I come from a different perspective is um, after having about 15 years in the coaching and mentoring consulting space, helping businesses and leaders in uh, larger businesses scale and grow, I jumped to the other side of the fence for a 18 or two year, year period where I I became a, a director of two businesses. I um, was MD of one. I was finance and growth director of another. And I was, my job was to scale those businesses, to build the functional capability in those businesses to seriously scale. So to do for real what I've been doing for 15 years so, you know, with clients. And what I noticed was really interesting impact on me. I was really busy. I was doing two roles. It was full on. We would, we took one business from 11 to 19 million in 18 months. It was a major and did a huge amount of uh, shifts and changes in those business so it could build the, had the capability orders to scale. And I noticed that there were others in the industry that I had just recently left. What they were talking about, sharing about on social media turned me off. And, it, and, and that was most surprising because it's what I used to do. And it turned <laughs> me off because it's like, this is so far removed from my now current reality. That's not yeah. going to help me with this massive agenda and lots of competing priorities right now. And so since January of this year, when I've gone back out rebuilding the work I'm doing with clients to help them scale and grow and acquiring businesses, et cetera, and working around strategy, it's, it's, it's had that has had that experience has had a lasting impact on me to mm -hmm. the point is I don't want to come out with content that has the same impact that had had last year on me. I don't want to turn people off. I want to put stuff that's out there that's engaging, that's, that's relevant, that's useful and adds value to them where they are in their business. So if, if I, you know, we talked about this yesterday, Tracy, and if I'm being really open and vulnerable, I've, I've kept quieter. You know, I've, I've promoted the podcast because I'm loving the podcast. But outside yeah. of that, I, I, I'm lacking. And it's because I've got, I don't know if the word is performance anxiety, but it's one, I'm, I, I so want not to be like the person, the other people that I encountered on the other side of the fence running businesses that yeah. I, 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 it's, um, cause doubt i guess so just to be really transparent yeah so it's really interesting and i think we can discuss that a little bit further because again that would be perceptionary <clears throat> and i come from a very different experience i think when i very first started in business so i've been in business now nearly 20 years um, and i started in business pretty much accidentally because i couldn't find a job to fit in and around my young child my partner then at the time was a pilot, so he was away a lot. We didn't have friends and family because we'd recently moved to a new place. So looking for solutions, that's when I discovered about being self-employed. Um, so I kind of stumbled into running my own company. And I've run companies that have been extremely unsuccessful. <laughs> uh, I think it's a rite of passage. And then I've run companies that have been extremely successful. But if I look back throughout my career, I was pretty shy. I never really liked being in front of the camera. I, I've never really liked having my photo taken. Very shy at networking events. And as I've progressed through different companies and experiences, I've then embraced being in front of the camera. I've been embraced being on stage, um, talking to people at networking events. And for me, visibility is being seen in different areas. But interestingly, I wholeheartedly believe that it's being seen as authentically you. 
And this is where it kind of goes to your part. So the parts that may have put you off from other people, it could possibly be the message, but it's more than likely how that message was delivered. It was more than likely that you didn't gel with that person. But here's the thing. You could give exactly the same message, but that doesn't mean to say it's going to have the same connotation. Now, I, when I very first started, you can go back. They're very cringeworthy, but you can go back to YouTube and you can see some of my very first videos. And I kind of stepped into this completely different persona because I thought everybody wanted something other than me. Because why would anybody want me? You know, I thought somebody would want somebody who's a lot more professional, not that's got a Devon slight twang to their name and talks in the way that I do. And I gesticulate a lot and I've got a little bit of a lisp. And, you know, there's all these different things that I notice about myself. So I stepped into this persona of some kind of deranged newsreader. <laughs> deranged <laughs> I mean, newsreader. It is. I kind but of it like step you, up. Point. No, it's so stiff. It is so, I mean, it is really cringeworthy. But the reason that I bring this up is because now I help other people to know that every single thing that you do is just a conversation. You know, we're having just a conversation right now. If I stand on stage, I'm just having a conversation. If we talk on the phone, it's just a conversation. The, The alarm bells ring for me if you meet somebody that is different on stage to off stage or different when they're doing a training to when they're off training. If somebody who's completely authentic is somebody who is the same throughout. And interestingly, the authenticity also comes when you've honed in your message. And what I mean by that is when you've really worked out what your business purpose is. So is it that you're going to help see what problem is it that you're solving? When you solve those issues, I call it being purpose centric. You can't help but want to share a message and get in front of people because you know it makes a difference. And so therefore, it kind of removes a lot of the anxiety around needing to be something other than who you are yeah absolutely and, and also it's very easy to undervalue the level of um value that you can bring or knowledge that you can bring to the party you think, oh, everybody knows that well they don't absolutely um, and back to your earlier kind of point about what didn't resonate with me with when i was um running and scaling those two businesses was the things that the individuals were sharing was just same old stuff rehashed. They were yeah. trying to be a Tony Robbins, but not a Tony Robbins. You know, it it it, it yeah. so therefore back speaks to your point about authenticity because mm-hmm. it it wasn't them, it wasn't their voice. They it, it, they were just trying to rehash the same old stuff, and that I think that specifically was the bit that oh god, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so I, awkward, isn't it? Yeah. Even to listen to you, you want to kind of close your ears and. It, it's such it's a mindset issue it's a mindset issue to think oh that you need to be somebody other than you are and and a lot of the times like a self-worth issue as well but interestingly enough when you are unap- unapologetically you it's so liberating <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so liberating I mean there's going to be numerous different people that don't like me because they don't like my face but that doesn't mean to say I'm going to go and have plastic surgery There's going to be numerous people that don't like me because they don't like my voice, but I'm not going to go and get my voice changed. So when you can just step into being unapologetically you, it just releases all the stress. And then then the only thing that you can do is serve. And if you're Mm. serving, you can't feel bad about that, you know? Absolutely. So for you, what does visibility mean? And what what does it do for for you and your clients in, in, in your business? Yeah, so visibility, I think, especially now in business, is pretty much imperative. Um, It's about being seen. 
And interestingly, it's about being seen in enough places that you become the perceived expert. And I say perceived expert because there can be people that are much better than you, but you could be the best coach in the world. You could be the best plumber in the world. You could be the best solicitor in the world, but if nobody knows you, mm-hmm. you're not going to help anybody. And so therefore you're still not the best in that kind of perceived way. Yeah. So it's being visible in different areas and visible doesn't always mean being seen as in like a video context. It can be being heard. It can be um, reading a particular article. It's making sure that you're in numerous places so that you're creating mind space, that you're taking up mind space in other people so that they go, Oh, there's Gavin. Oh yeah. I watched Gavin the other day on this. Oh yeah, I heard Gavin the other day on this. Oh yeah, I saw something on Gavin the other day on this. So you're constantly taking mind space. Now, you'll probably know this as well, but years ago in business, so if we look around about 10, 15 years ago, you only needed three touch points with somebody. Yeah, to be able to maybe sell your product or your service. And then it became seven touch points. And now it's 15. Yeah, it was seven to 21. And now it's now, now, yeah, it's more, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely insane how many touch points you need, but that's because we're so used to seeing a lot more information now. So if you think 15 or if like your information may be more up to date and if it's like 21, do you think how many times that needs to be? You need to be visible a lot to take up that mind space. Mm. Um, but what it means, every single opportunity that I've ever had has come from being visible, not necessarily from being the best. And here's how I tend to describe visibility. Visibility means that you stand in the way of opportunity. And I think that if you want to succeed in business, (laughs) thank you. Um, If you want to succeed in business, then that's a hundred percent the way that you need to be. You need to be visible enough that you're standing in the way of opportunity. Great. So how does that show up for you then? How do you, what do you, what are the things that you do to increase your visibility? And, and, and I suppose it's not just, it's, Oh, there's two questions in there. I'll separate them. The first one is how do you show, um, improve your visibility? And the second is how do you make it, the content relevant? Because yeah. it's one thing, say, being at all places everywhere and hitting those 15 or those 21 touches, but if you're spouting BS and that's not really going to be adding value. So, uh, <laughs> how do you, so how do you increase that? What are you doing to increase the visibility? What are you doing to make sure what your content is relevant? Deb. Brilliant things to ask. Um, so for increased visibility, 100%, I, I do a lot of live videos. Um, that's probably one of my strongest points. I will also do pre-record videos. Of course, I've got the podcast. So that's another visibility uh, point. Um, I do public speaking. I attend networking events. Um, I basically make the most of every single opportunity to get in front of people, whether that's in an auditory sense, in a speaking sense or in a visual sense. Um, So that's how I predominantly do it. Social media is fantastic. It's like an organic free resource that you can use. The downside to social media is that you need to do it a lot. So people tend to have this issue and this kind of answers your second question. People have this issue that they create a piece of content, which is worthwhile. It's valuable. It gives a really good information to help solve somebody's problem. And yet they put it out there once. And then because they put it out on Facebook, they think, Oh, I best not talk about that again because um, I've already spoken about it. Whereas actually you do need to speak about it again because that message will have reached a fraction literally a fraction 
of the people that are on your database inside of Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or TikTok is another new one that everyone is raving about right now. Um, same as emails. You don't send one email and then never say the same thing in an email ever again. You repurpose that and you put it back out. So the way that I make sure that I am always giving value is that I repurpose the content. And even if somebody hears it twice, I want to encourage you to think right now how many times you've ever needed to hear a message before you thought, yeah, I really need to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really need to do that. And then how many times it's taken before you've then really taken action. It's very rare that you'll hear something once or watch something once and then go, yes, I'm going to go and do that and do it straight away. So the way to overcome the, the um, quantity, if you like, which is um, relevant to the second question, is by repurposing what you've already done. Yeah, great. And sometimes you have um, taken on board what has been, you know, the idea of the piece of content you've heard, you've done it, and then you've got results, and then you've stopped doing it. So to hear a message yeah. again at some stage later is excellent timing because, oh, God, I used to do that. It worked really well. Maybe I need to start doing that again. So, yes. yeah. So you, your there's, a, there is- there's a really good story um, from um, Jim Brown, and that's that he's had uh, somebody that came to his event and um, he basically stands up into this group of people and he says, you're a fraud. And Jim Rohn says, well, explain to me what you mean. He said, well, you know, I've done all of your courses and it worked really well. And then there's a shelf life to them because it stops working. And he literally turned around to him and he went, is it that it stopped working or did you stop working? Mm-hmm. And the guy goes really silent. And then he realizes that he stopped doing the things that were originally in the courses in the first place. And I think that we have to be reminded because as human beings, we get distracted so easily, you know, (laughs) and there's like information overload right now. So we do need reminding. It's no, it's no coincidence that children learn by repetition. I'm just not quite sure why when we get to adults, we think, oh, this whole repetition lock, that's like just for for us when we're children. It's like, no, our brain didn't change that much. (laughs) So what about for you? Where's your... Like, obviously, you had this perception that you didn't want to be like those other people. But is there any other kind of fear for you where it's like, oh, well, if I've got to put all this content out there, is that going to take too much time? Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a piece around around time. So um, particularly when it comes to the live stuff. So mm-hmm. obviously, there's a there's the prep piece and it's what we're going to talk about. And, and then um, the... Yeah, I've committed. We talked about off uh, off offline um, that I do two podcasts a week, so there's a, a there's a time commitment around that, and there's own for me. Then there's there's time delivering with clients and working with clients. So often, whether this is an excuse, but I justify to myself, <laughs> well, um, and and rightly or wrongly, the way my business currently works at the moment is I spend time with clients. I love the face to face. Yeah, I, I live in North Wales by the sea. You live by the sea down in Devon. I do. uh, we both love that, but it means mm-hmm. that um, our clients it don't takes you, it takes half you, an hour it takes you forever to get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so I've got you know three hours to London. A client that I work with regularly in South Wales. It's actually it takes longer to get from North Wales to South Wales. So by train, <laughs> so that's three. It's five and a half hours door to door. So I spend time on a train as well. Yeah. And you can say, oh, great, use that time. Do a Facebook Live on a train. Well, we all know what phone signals are like on a train, and I don't want to be the absolute dork on a train. But the student, hey, look at me. I'm on a Facebook Live. <laughs> um, so 
the combination of cl- client de- work delivery, travel, yeah. existing commitments around the podcast, uh, and, and of course, you know, family commitments mean that I don't find enough time because I'm also supposed to be doing more business development. I, I, I catch myself in the moment knowing that social would help me with more business development. Um, <laughs> but, so I just I justify time, I guess, and and and, and then then. I go back into oh, what's going to be relevant enough? What's the content I'm going to share? Yeah, the, I'm really glad that you mentioned that though, because I think listeners on both of our podcasts are going to recognise that a lot in themselves. So here is um, some guidance because people often, first of all, turn around to me and say, "Oh, it's okay for you because one, you're really comfortable in front of the camera, and it's okay for you because you run your own business." So let's put this into perspective. I run three businesses. I have five children. Four of them are between the ages of seven and three. Wow. So I have quite a busy life. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> and um, trying to fit things in used to be more of an issue before I stopped thinking that it was an issue. So that was the first thing that I did. I, changed, I kind of changed my perception on that. And the second thing that I realized is that not everybody wants teaching content. A lot of people, once they know that, you can solve that problem. The next question that they naturally have is who are you? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you can solve my problem, but do I like you enough and trust you enough to tell you that I have that problem so that you can solve it for me? So I actually find that documentation or like kind of like the behind the scenes also works really well because I mix that between valuable content. So people know, yes, I can solve your problem. And the next part is you getting to know me as a person. My children may video bomb it. (laughs) So if you're adverse to children, you're not my ideal client. (laughs) You know, this is again, going back to that part of being about unapologetically you, but actually for my clients in particular, they love that. Because they struggle with the same thing. Did you see the guy um, that was on the BBC News oh, where brilliant. his child got, I know, oh, and just, you just think. But you know, everybody who saw that was, you know, every parent who saw that would just chuckle and go, oh my God, that is so cringeworthy and embarrassing, but it's so funny and engaging. And we feel for exactly. you. Exactly. But you also got to think, why didn't you just pick the child up and put him on your lap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like this perception that we kind of can't do things. And he probably would have got a lot more respect for that as well. Um, But we like that because it humanizes people. And the times when we're struggling, which is when we need a solution to whatever problem it is that we have, we need people that will help that humanize the situation because we don't want to feel like we're failing. We want to feel like we can be successful. We want to feel like we can solve that problem, but it doesn't mean that we're going to get worse in any way. And that doesn't matter whether it's parenting in business in life and weight loss, like whatever sector you're in. So that humanization part is by you sharing the behind the scenes. So yeah, it could be you on a train and Hey, I don't think, I think there are going to be so many people that would find it quite funny when if you're like, Hey, I'm on the train but I'm really embarrassed and I don't really want to be saying this (laughs) because there'd be so many other people um, that would resonate with that. And you can be, I'm just on the way to a a client, but I'll speak to you guys later. Um, People like to follow your journey because if they can follow your journey, they can also see where they can fit into that and how they can become a better person. You know, I often talk about speaking because I do public speaking and I say, you never listen to a motivational speaker because somebody said, I got up today at seven o'clock. I poured my orange juice. I had cornflakes. 
you don't do that you listen to people that have come through mass adversity and the reason that people do that and they find it motivating is because they want to know that there is hope to get through whatever issue that they have and actually speak to another point there about to me about authenticity is that one of the things that i've noticed that when i've gone through a challenge in my professional life and dealt with it overcome it and come out the other side better for it I then attract clients that are about to go through the same thing or are going through the same thing. And I'm so much more authentic and relatable because I'm just a couple of steps down the path ahead of where they they are. I've been through the whole journey. I've had the rise and the demise and the the challenges that go with it. And and so I totally get that. I suppose at times you kind of go, well, who wants to hear about little old me and my story? Because some oh, people yeah. on social media go too far and say, oh, look at the broccoli, or yes, here's yet another yeah. post of what I'm doing today. And I'm going, yeah. There's somebody that, you know, you know, I, I know that posts every little bit of their life on social media. And, and that's another thing that can just be just over the top too much, can't it? It can, but here's the interesting part. That's just perceptionary. So for you, it's over the top, because for you, that would be uncomfortable. So that goes back to you being yeah. authentically you. But they'll have followers and they'll attract the people that want to know every single part of their life. But the people that they attract would not be your ideal clients or your ideal people to hang out with. Yeah, great point. So um, I think, and, and I think this is quite important. So if you're a little bit nervous about being visible, then model the person that you really like, not copy, but model them. You don't need, like, you do need to push yourself out of your side of your comfort zone because otherwise we never get to the, to the greater person that we want to become. But you don't need to become a completely different person to get the end result of where you need to be. So model the person that you resonate with the most. So if it's a person that's literally sharing every single part of their life and you absolutely cringe, which I would too, don't do that because then it wouldn't be authentically you. Um, There is a big debate about whether you should share anything about your children on social media should they should they be on a photo should they ever be on a video and i think again that's a very personal decision there's going to be people for it and people against it i do have my children on video um one they like it and people will go yeah well they might like it now but what happens when they're when they're older well when they're older they'll make different decisions but you can only go by what decisions they make right now (laughs) Um, so now they like it but also that is authentically me I have five children. I'm not going to hide the fact that I have that. There's going to be days where they might be um, here because they're off sick. And I'm not going to pretend that, that that's not happening. So for me, it is authentic. But if you are a person that has a very strict business criteria and you keep your family life completely separate, it wouldn't be natural to then share about your family. Hey, Gavin here. We're soon, of course, going to be into the start of a new decade. Will 2020 be the year that you finally scale your business, amplify your reach and smash your stretched goals? Change your environment, change your thinking, change your results. If you want to set you and your business up for a strong start to a new decade, then two days experiencing one of the best masterminds in the UK, The Founders Board, with the remarkable Roland Frazier and myself in London on the 9th and 10th of December is the place for you to be. 
Roland has personally scaled and exited 24 businesses across different industries for 1 million to 2 billion in turnover. His knowledge, experience, and super sharp insight makes him the person to tap into as you prepare your business for the next decade. At a recent two-day event I worked with him on in London, Roland blew the minds of everyone that attended. Everybody left armed with the strategies and insights that will transform their business and entrepreneurial careers. It's not what you know, as we well know, it's who you know. And being a part of Founders Board makes you a part of something special, a network of committed, experienced and knowledgeable business owners whose insights and contacts can help you shift gear in your business and open up a whole new level of achievement for you. You become part of a community that supports you to achieve your goals. Six reasons to come along and experience these two days of masterminding with Roland and myself and the Founders Board. Grow your monthly recurring revenue. Increase your deal flow convert more customers, skyrocket your retention, instantly broaden your network, and increase the valuation of your business in the process. So, will 2020 be the year that you finally scale your business, amplify your reach, and surpass every one of your stretch goals? To make this so, join Roland Frazier and myself at the Founders Board, 9th to 10th of December in London. Go to bit.ly forward slash FB hyphen Gavin in capitals, F for Foxtrot, B for Bravo hyphen Gavin, all in capitals. That's bit.ly forward slash FB hyphen Gavin. See you there. So let's take somebody you know who's got a busy life, both inside yeah. of their business and outside of their business, and operational, you know, day to day. They've got a lot on their plate. Mm-hmm. How, you know, what have you found have been little sort of hacks that work to increase the level of output in terms of social content or visibility? So one, I I'm a bit of a techie queen. Um, I really like apps. I like technology. I'm a bit of a geek as far as that is concerned. So Evernote is one of my best friends and so is VoiceNote. Um, I actually tend to use VoiceNotes a lot more than written content because it's much quicker for me. Um, So every time I have a great idea, I record, hey, um, just thought about doing this for a, a podcast or I've just thought about doing this for a live and I'll record what that is because if I don't, then five minutes later I'll have forgotten the genius idea (laughs) so that's the first one so I've always got a bank of ideas that I can go back to great and then um uh I don't know if you do this in your coaching practice but I get a lot of my clients to do a 15 minute list and your 15 minute list is all tasks that you can do in dead time so if you were um waiting to pick your children up for example and you're in the car it's normally about 10 to 15 minutes that you're kind of waiting. So what could you do in that time? You can record a quick video. You could record an audio. You could do something within that time. So I have this 15 minute list. Um, so that's one way. I do also have designated times to things um, and yeah. social media. So scheduling that out as part of your strategy is also um, imperative. And then, of course, repurposing all of those. Now, to begin with, I repurposed everything myself. And then as my days got a lot busier and I had more clients and I traveled a lot more, that was becoming difficult to contain the consistency. So now I have um, an agency that looks after my social media and I also have a VA. So I think working out what you need to personally do within your business that only you can do. So I know that nobody else can really do the live videos because I do the coaching. So it wouldn't make sense to do that. And I'm not going to do a behind the scenes about how much of an awesome employer I am. (laughs) So how many lives would you do? How many lives would you do a week? 
Um, I probably on a good week, I probably do maybe four. Okay. If I'm away a lot and I'm doing courses, then that can dramatically reduce. I try if I'm away on business, then I try to do them early in the morning. So you always know when I'm away because it pops up around about eight, half past eight. Whereas when I'm at home, eight, half past eight is when I'm like a screaming banshee because my children still haven't got their school clothes on or they did oh, have yes. their school clothes on and now they've taken them back off again, which is <laughs> my favourite game. <laughs> um, so I originally had this idea because morning ones work really well. I originally had this idea that I was going to do um, morning makeup and I was just going to do literally like a 10 minute video while I was doing my makeup um, to give some coaching advice. And then afterwards I thought, why on earth would I have that idea? Because every time I'm doing my makeup, I'm still shouting to my children, have you brushed your teeth? Yes, and can you brush your hair? Now grab your water bottle. I thought, that's never going to work. So I think you're going to have to fit things in and around your particular lifestyle. But I think if you make it a priority, then it does become a lot easier. And if you take the pressure off knowing that you can repurpose content, then that becomes even better. Great. All those great, great ideas. So the 15-minute list, the designated time in order to, and, and, and the repurposing, all of those are, are really effective strategies. And, of course, the, the capturing the genius, as you say, but, you know, the inspiration yeah. in the moment so that in your 15 minutes and you're waiting in the car or or wherever, you're waiting in line somewhere, you can you can start to tap out a, a message. Another strategy that um, a friend of mine uh, Roland Frazier does, which I think is brilliant, is he gets inspiration from um, from conversations you'll have day to day life, whether yes. it's inside or outside a business, and then he turns that into a post. He gets a suitable sources a suitable sort of image or gets one sort of sketched up and then he then creates um a, a post off the back of i've had this conversation it prompted this thought here's the business message that goes along with it and that's a neat yeah. little strategy as well thought-provoking strategy absolutely you know there's inspiration for content everywhere um but the ones where you've spoken to somebody else are the best because you know that if someone's spoken to you about it there's hundreds perhaps even thousands of other people that have had a similar thought so you also know it's topical, it's on people's minds. Yep. Um, and so that's going to resonate a lot with people. I I mean, I'm going to ask you a question now. So before you started your podcast, did you originally think that you wouldn't have time to do your podcast? Um, I thought there might be a challenge. Uh, if uh, I thought I could do one episode, but if you said to me, um, Gavin, within months, you're going to actually up the ante to, or the cadence to two a week, I'd have said, I won't have time to do two a week. And yet I find yeah. a way. But I must admit, you know, when I start to think, do two week now I want to layer in video or when I've done the the last few of the shorter 10, 15 minute ones I do on for a Friday release, I've started to to record them on, on, on my phone. Um, it, it then becomes another job because then I've got to get that video off my phone. I've then got to send that to my VA and, and the list of things do. And then, okay, so you've still got work to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and before I know it, there's a proportion of my working week that's not client-facing, getting more and more filled with this activity around podcasts, never mind doing anywhere and doing anywhere near social stuff. I think, well, actually, I'm getting behind on the list of other things that I need to get done for the business and for my clients. Yeah, and I think that this is a real, um, this is a real concern for a lot of people, but it's also a real challenge because you need to make sure that yes you're increasing your visibility but not at the expense 
of the important income generating tasks that you can do. Sure. So although increasing your visibility, of course, is going to increase your income, it's um, it's not instantaneous. It's like a kind of drip, drip, drip. Sure. But like I mentioned, it also puts you in ways of opportunities. So um, probably um, a strategy that may work better for those that are in that situation is to create content back to back. So you take those genius moments and you go, right, okay, I've got 45 minutes. So in your case, if you're doing your 10 minutes um, of podcasts, you know that if you've got 45 minutes, you can probably squeeze in four. Yeah. You don't need much in between, but you literally record four back to back to back. Yeah. And you just pause in between and go, this is number two. And then you keep going. This is yeah. number three. Keep going. Because if you're going to give it to your VA, that's no different. Like they can quite easily snip it up into those different areas. So look where you're wasting time. Like, because we can all waste time so much easier by not having a system, a systemization to the process that we need to create. Um, and if you are on your way to appointments and that type of thing, then document that because then that becomes part of your content. And you'd be surprised. Um, some of my best videos especially live videos have come when i've just like popped in to go and do something and then an idea comes in and then it almost turns into a little bit of a rant or <laughs> um something you need to get off your chest because people are suffering with that or they've been misled in some way um that will often happen and they can be your best ones because they're kind of off the cuff and they're very real and then you're like oh well that was uh, a pretty passionate post, but hopefully that made a difference. <laughs> yeah, but that's about um, you again being your authentic self. People getting to know Tracy and who you are and what you yeah. stand for. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about it, you know, especially in the in the coaching space, people are coming to you with their biggest vulnerabilities, whether it's in business or in their personal life. So if they need to be vulnerable with you, then they need to know that they can trust that. And that you're also a vulnerable person to be able to embrace that. So I, I, I know I bang on about it quite a bit, but I do think that being authentically you and unapologetically you is, is the way to go forward, no matter what business you're in. And I understand that some people think that, well, I'm in this really high powered position. And so therefore there is this perception that I need to be extremely professional at all times, but people still want to know that you're human because otherwise you become pedestalized. And if you're pedestalized, you're unapproachable. Mm, that's a big word. It was. I'm quite impressed. I managed to get it out. It was coffee. I've had <laughs> yeah. coffee today. Pedestalized. <laughs> I will remember that one. Yeah. No, that you make a More impressed I joke. could say it. <laughs> yeah. Joking apart though, you're right because then you start to uh, bestow upon them all sorts of qualities rather than relating to the real person who have their own challenges on that journey, who has taken certain actions to get that level of result and a certain level of commitment. Yeah. So when, when you're working with your clients and let's say um, they are in busy roles running their own business or in a corporate yeah. uh, running a larger organization, how do you practically uh, coach them to improve their or what is it you coach them to do to improve their visibility first of all it's working out what their message is yeah so, so because pretty. the message is actually the most important part to it because that's where you're giving service to other people so the first thing is to work out the message yeah. the second thing to work out is what the fear is so is yeah. it a fear of being visible or is it more a fear of not being able to portray the message properly so i.e stumbling over words because yeah. they're two very different 
ways of dealing with them. Um, if you're stumbling over your words, it's a systemized way of speaking that solves that issue. If it's a visibility issue as in, I'm, I fear that I'm going to be judged um, harshly if I'm in front of the camera, then it's working on self-worth um and being comfortable um i i put this um as being com comfortably uncomfortable so i get people yeah. <laughs> to a stage yeah. of being comfortably uncomfortable yeah yeah um so it's really working that part out but the message is the most important part and then helping people to understand i don't know if you do this with your clients but i go through a pain cycle so if you understand what problem it is that you're going to solve with somebody or solve for somebody you think what happened before they had the issue so that's yeah. the start of their pain cycle then when did it get to the stage where they started to notice that they've got this problem then when does the problem come to its like ultimate pain point but then you follow that through if they don't get the help to solve that problem what happens for them because once you work that out you almost feel compelled to say your message because why would you want anyone to suffer but if you don't follow that process around you can quite easily get stuck you can get to the stuck point because here's the thing. I don't know if you've had this with your clients as well. It's like people have this fear of being salesy and that's another yes, reason absolutely. why they kind of stop being visible. Yeah. But actually if you follow that pain cycle around and you realize that actually if you, if you're not the person that interjects here, the harsh reality is that this person could go to this level of pain. Then you're kind of like, you can't feel salesy because you know that you've got the solution. Now it's up to that person, whether they take you up on the offer or not. But without you even giving them the option, they will always get to that pain point. So I think being uh, purpose centric is also a key point of that. So once you package that all up into an experience for the potential client, one, they get to feel a lot more confident about how they speak. They also get a lot more comfortable about being authentically them and being comfortably uncomfortable <laughs> because it's not like you're going to suddenly go, oh, I absolutely love being on camera because you don't. <laughs> um, but you do get to the point where you realize it's just a conversation, but it's a conversation that has a really important message and that important message can solve a problem. And that sort of that solving problem really helps to can even get to the point of transforming that person's life. And if you transform that person's life, then take that into like if you transformed let's say that i was having a really hard time and and you've transformed my life well then you'll have also transformed my children's life and probably my relationship do you see what i mean so oh, yeah. if you can if you can package all of those things and you open up the greater awareness then visibility suddenly doesn't become an issue it becomes like a i need to do this because you're serving yeah. the story that I, I i shared a number of times you know on stage and speaking with groups is uh um, stopped at a BP garage petrol station, and um, my I went I, I went into the to open the door. The guy behind the till, behind the checkout, went, "Hi, how are you? How's your day been?" And boom, immediate kind of like pattern <laughs> interrupt, and he's like, he's smiling, and I went, "Great, thanks. How's yours?" He says, "Well, my day's always great. Life is too short not to be." And um, for, for my day not to be great. And it got me to thinking, you know, I sort of walked back out to the car and it just got me to thinking, you know, if you've got somebody that came in after a really bad, challenging day at work and was probably in a heck of a mood, who, if that hadn't had that experience, may have gone home and shouted at the kids and shouted at the other half and, you know, <laughs> kicked the dog or whatever, you know, gone yeah. in home and been an incredible grump. Um, that guy just doing his job, being happy and cheery behind the checkout at the BP garage, um, had made a difference that would have a ripple effect 
across Massively. the lives of the people that he touched just by being happy and cheery and jolly in, 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 the, uh, in, in the pursuit of his day-to-day work. And it, it does, and it makes such a difference. There's three areas that I try to do this regularly in in life as general. So one of them I shared um, at a property event recently, and it got such a great response. And I didn't even really think about it. But if I go to a Costa drive-through or something like that, I'll often say to the cashier, "Can you, can I also pay for the car behind me?" Oh yeah, and yeah. it is, and it's great. And and there is a real story <laughs> as to why family of. Um seven (laughs) (laughs) yeah but do you know why I do this there's there's a time when I had four of my children so they were quite a bit younger than they are right now so four of my children in the back of the car we've been stuck in traffic meaning that we were going to be two hours late home and if you've got children and you know what they're like when they're hungry Mm -hmm. this was like beyond stressful they were hungry they were crying there was screaming going on we were passing mcdonald's i've looked into my bank account and i had 21 pounds that's it that's all i had and i'm thinking right well i can probably get them dinner because if it's going to take me at least another hour to get them home and then i got to cook the dinner so i thought right i'm actually going to go and get them dinner and you know when you get to that point when you know when you're really short of money and it's like an interim situation, but you're so short of money that you're practically shaking to give your card to the next person. Yeah. Uh, and that was the situation I, I got to. And the uh, the person at the window turned around and went, oh, it's okay because the person in front paid for you. Oh, my God. I literally burst into tears. I, bet. I was like, you know, when you kind of like have that moment where it was such a stressful situation and then all of a sudden it was like this whole weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. And it's such a simple act, but it can make the difference. Like you said, the person that's having a really bad day, maybe they've got up late, maybe they didn't manage to dry their hair or they've got a really crappy meeting or they know their boss is going to be in a bad mood. And you've done that. You just lifted their whole moment. So that's the first one that I tend to do. The next one is so simple that anyone can do it because it's free. That's smiling at people. Mm. Smiling at people makes such a difference. And the next one is also free. That's pay a random stranger a compliment. Oh my gosh, you look amazing today. And then you watch their whole face light up and they're like, oh, oh, thanks. Because they weren't expecting that. And I think that we can all make humanity just that little bit better with those kind of things. Um, but the, a guy, the strange guy that part. I know spent some time with um, uh, in the US um, <laughs> a few years back, and every interaction, whether it was somebody that was the barista at the coffee shop or somebody who was talking on the phone to at a contact centre, he would just say, "I just want to know that you I want to tell you that you are appreciated." Oh. And, and it just and, and he did it, and he, he might sound that it was because he did it a lot, but it was technique. Every time, it was really genuine and heartfelt. And it just yeah. stopped people in their track. Went, wow, um, thank you. And um, to know that there was somebody that was really appreciating what they were doing in that moment. Absolutely. And the thing is, it also makes you, you can't help but to feel mm. better. Mm. So, um, and that kind of comes back. It's like, you know, visibility shows itself in all different ways. But even doing that, even being a better person and serving other people is still part of that. Mm. It just like it just makes life better. It just makes other people's lives better, yours life your life better, and it can kind of go forward in that way. So yeah, I'm all for that. So uh, so any yeah, any sort of parting thoughts or conversation, any any sort of pointers rather on helping somebody to improve their visibility. I think first of all, work out what's stopping you. Mm-hmm. 
um, that's definitely the first one. So we already know that for you, it was this kind of fear of like coming across like some of those other people where it was not being authentic. It was trying to, it was trying to copy somebody else rather than model somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So we know that for you, your message is going to come out to just be you because mm -hmm. people need your message a hundred percent. They need a lot more of Gavin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So first of all, work out what the, what's stopping you, what's holding you back from the situation and then work from, from there. Um, work out what the pain cycle or work out what the problem is that you're solving for somebody so that you can be purpose centric, work out the pain cycle. And more importantly, that if you don't present the solution to somebody through your message, then how is their life going to look? Um, because I think if you do those types of things, you you often will go above and beyond. You know, we give up on ourselves quicker than anything else. But if we needed to help somebody else, we'll often go above and beyond. So if you can always tap into that, it just removes a lot of the fear and the anxiety. I think another key point for me as well is to recognize that it doesn't have to be perfect. So, oh, um, yeah. you know, when when somebody uh, can get, oh, how do I look? Have I, um, obviously, I don't have a concerned about whether my hair looks all right or anything that went a long time ago but you can <laughs> how's the how's the background is it dressed enough and um, am, am i gonna um and too much in in a live uh, what's the content is it gonna land is it gonna resonate all of those sort of questions just install doubt and get in your way you know i think daniel Priestley says you know be prolific rather than perfect just get on with putting content out there provided that it's again linked to your purpose and, and the people that you're serving yeah, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and I think you don't have to be perfect. In fact, if you ever watch anything where it looks perfect, you don't think it's real. So you don't resonate with it. Yeah. Yeah. That authenticity again shines through. Yeah. Tracy, loved this conversation. I knew we'd have a I've great conversation. I loved it too. <laughs> and so if uh, for my listeners, how do they find out about you and your podcast and what you do? So my podcast is Women Rock in Business Without the G and you can find me. My name is Tracy Cornelius, spelled T-R-A-C-I-C-O-R-N-E-L-I-U-S and I am all over social media. Evidently. <laughs> would, you, would you have guessed that? <laughs> and likewise, Gavin, for my listeners, how can they get hold of you? So it's Gavin Preston. My podcast is the Business Mastermind podcast. So I'm uh, Gavin Preston on LinkedIn, uh, Gavin Preston Growth Strategies on, on Facebook and Gavin, yeah, Gavin Preston on Instagram. And you will see an increasing amount of presence on social media Yay! for me. <laughs> My job here is done. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, great. Thank you for the opportunity to collaborate. Uh, uh, this, thank you. Uh, uh, is a is a series that I'm going to carry on doing because I think as well as the interviews I do and the individual sort of 15, 10, 15 minute pieces, I think really genuine conversations with people in the same sphere about a particular topic, I hope, I think, and I hope makes uh, really engaging listening. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tracy. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact. <laughs>